and welcome back to Cancer Conversations, the podcast you never thought you'd need for the diagnosis you never want to hear. I'm your host, Helen King. A massive thank you to Look Good, Feel Better and Trying to Life for supporting the podcast. Last week, we went deep with the author of The Feeling of Cancer, Sandra Russell. If you haven't, go back and listen to it. It's probably one of the best discussions I have had about emotions after a cancer diagnosis. In this episode, we're going further down the emotions path and talking about growth after trauma. Trauma is incredibly common after a major event like a cancer diagnosis. And trauma can impact every aspect of our lives. But it can also open up a way of creating something beautiful after a truly awful situation. To talk about post-traumatic growth, I sat down with a former colleague who retrained as a counsellor and has a special interest in post-traumatic growth. I met Tommy Livingston in 2016 when we were both journalists at a major news outlet here in Aotearoa. And we both covered crime in slightly different ways. Tommy was our court reporter, and I did a little bit of court reporting and then more in-depth articles about different aspects of crime. But we both saw how trauma can impact our lives in an extreme way and how it can be so pervasive through families and communities. And that's why I just think it's so important that we have these discussions about it so people understand that it is really common and it can have such a devastating impact. Which is why I I see trauma thrown around quite lightly sometimes and I, I totally get it. You know, someone might say they were traumatized because they went to the mall and there were lots of people, which, you know, I, I understand. When you've lived with post-traumatic stress like I have, you know that trauma impacts you physically, mentally, and emotionally. I shared with, in my conversation with Sandra Russell that I've had extensive therapy after cancer, including a technique called EMDR to try and lessen the impact of the trauma I experienced during my cancer treatment. So I start my conversation with Tommy to try and figure out what the true definition of trauma is. I think of trauma as, and I I can't think whether someone has coined this, but it's too much too soon. How would you define what trauma is? Mm, I love that, too much too soon. I'm going to write that down and and keep (laughs) that. How we define trauma is kind of an ongoing conversation. There's all sorts of arguments around where we should draw the parameters of what is traumatic and and what isn't. I suppose a simple and more traditional way of of talking about trauma would be any kind of deeply distressing or disturbing event or experience that overwhelms an individual's ability to cope. When we're talking about um, in the sort of post-traumatic growth pool that I swim in, we would say that a trauma is any event that shatters someone's core belief system. Mm. So it doesn't matter what that is, but if there's something that you go through that really causes you to question some of the fundamentals in life, then that is probably what we would consider traumatic. It's really interesting because I've been talking a lot about this in terms of cancer recently, and that is what cancer does to so many people. I mean, I know for myself, I can very confidently say that having cancer totally shattered 
how I viewed myself, how I experienced the world. And it it could be really lonely at times because you'd sort of think, why is everyone now seemingly dealing with this so well and I'm I'm not? And so this is something I am very curious about is are there some people who are more susceptible to finding things more traumatizing or are there some events that it doesn't matter how resilient you might have been beforehand, that that's traumatizing and that's probably going to be a bad situation? Yeah, definitely. As you said, the experience of a lot of people when they when they go through a significant diagnosis is you, you end up having this sort of questioning, gosh, I thought my body was safe and now I don't feel safe in my own body. Or for some people, when they go through a trauma, they think they thought the world was safe and all of a sudden, very simple things like going to the dairy feel very scary and uncertain. When we go through a trauma, it does sort of impact us in different ways. The question around, you know, why do some people struggle more than others in relation to a trauma is is quite complex, but I suppose a couple of things that we need to consider. And that when we're talking about trauma, we're really talking about your nervous system. And your nervous system is as unique as your fingerprint. You know, it's very different to mine and it's very different to the next person. And so while we may go through and experience, say, the same trauma, say we are both in the same car accident, how you and I both respond to that comes down to a range of different factors. And so a few of these that are kind of relevant and important to, to point out. One of them is, you know, how much support do you have around you at the time of the trauma and following the trauma is usually a really key indicator as to how someone will actually cope in the long term. Another one is how much control did you have during the event or events that were traumatic? And this is, you know, particularly when we think of people living with a diagnosis, that they often lose control of of their body in terms of the autonomy of their body. All of a sudden, they have people touching and prodding and poking, and 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 that's really quite, can be quite a scary and, and challenging thing. Another thing to think about is your previous history. So if you've had significant trauma before, then that's probably going to be a predictor in how well you may cope with trauma. It may become more difficult because your, your nervous system's pretty overloaded. I was listening as you were talking, and it does always take me back to, to my own diagnosis. And it it is all of those things. And I think for anyone listening who has just been diagnosed or has come out the other end of treatment is that what you go through is like nothing you've probably experienced before. And I I think you really hit something there talking about that your body becomes like it's somebody else's. And it's it's really, I think, if I think about some of the things that I've needed to do to, to sort of move through the, my experience, one of the things has been to come back into my body, which mm-hmm. can be quite a difficult experience. So I... I'd be really curious to know when you're working with someone who's gone through some sort of trauma, whether it's medical or otherwise, what are some of those key things that you work with to bring them back into themselves? The point that you raise is, is really important. And you know what I would say is, particularly working with people who've gone through a significant diagnosis, that one of the interesting things they say to me is that it's not it's not the diagnosis that was so traumatic. It wasn't getting cancer that that was the hard bit. It was all the things that flowed from that. It was, I lost my friends, or I lost my routine, or I lost my job. I wasn't able to go and watch my kids' sports on Saturdays anymore. Those were the traumas that they, that they identified with. They were kind of like, yeah, 
I knew that it was potential that I would get cancer. Like I, some, you know, I could kind of, that was in my frame of reference, but I didn't expect these other things to happen. When it comes to how we, we begin to heal from those things, you know, you're right that coming into your body, as you described it, is really important. And, I, you know, what I would say is that if you've gone through something difficult like this, that you can't do it alone and expert help is kind of critical for that. So when I'm working with someone that's gone through a very difficult trauma, first step is making sure that they can feel safe in their body again. How can they sort of learn to trust this thing that they're living in? Because it does strange and weird things when we've gone through a trauma in particular. So that's a big step. And, and that looks like a range of different things. For some people, that's yoga. For other people, that may be like massage therapy. For other people, that may be being around animals or in nature. So there's no sort of one size fits all. But once we've got someone sort of feeling comfortable in their body, then we would then try and focus on, okay, how can we get you feeling comfortable in the world again? And that in itself is a whole other range of different things that we try and do. I have been thinking a lot, I guess, because I, I knew I was going to be talking to you about what post-traumatic growth is, because I've been, um, I guess something that I've I've sort of been quite passionate about is the fact that we don't owe anything amazing to anyone like going through cancer is enough like if you get through the other end and you just get back into your you know normal life that's great some people can I don't know climb Everest afterwards yeah, yeah. I did not <laughs> yeah yeah cool I wouldn't know that. <laughs> but I am really curious about it because I as much as I, I joke that I can be a bit of an Eeyore, I also know that I have an underlying desire and drive to believe that life will get better and just to keep kind of going. And so I'd really love to shift the conversation into what is post-traumatic growth and how does it grow in people? So post-traumatic growth is the word or the term that we would use to describe the positive psychological and sort of life changes that someone can have post a trauma. So we're quite well versed in this idea of post-traumatic stress disorder, which is the, the term we use to describe the negative impacts of trauma on someone's life. Post-traumatic growth is acknowledging that for some people, there can be some benefits and growth that can flow out of some very, very difficult circumstances. Now that growth in no way justifies or excuses what somebody has gone through. But we do want to say and acknowledge that while that thing was terrible, for some people, there is growth in their life afterwards that, that probably wouldn't have been there if they hadn't gone through that very difficult thing. And post-traumatic growth looks different for everyone, but it's kind of grouped into five main areas, which I'll list off, and, and I'll be interested, Helen, to sort of see as we talk, whether you can identify if you fit into any of these. So the first one is personal strength, that people feel stronger because they've gone through this very difficult thing that they never thought they would be able to get through, but they have. The other is new possibilities. So there are, they feel there are new possibilities in their life because of what they have gone through. There's improved relationships. So people feel closer and connected to the ones around them after the event or events that were traumatic. There's a deeper appreciation of life so that people feel and cherish life far more than they did prior to what they went through. 
And there's also spiritual growth, which is that people feel that they have grown either closer to or deeper in their faith, or they've just grown in terms of what they would define spirituality as being. Yeah, that is very interesting because I I do identify with a couple of them. And I think that I underestimate my resilience and my ability to go through things and and kind of come out the other end. Because I think it's hard because when you're in it, you kind of do have to just go through and, and kind of, you know, like yeah. there's just no other way but through sometimes. I keep coming across people who have had the same type of breast cancer as I um, did, but it's come back and they are now incurable. And I think where that sort of growth has taken me is not putting up with stuff that I've put in, put up with my whole life. So looking at things going, that's a really unhealthy and unhelpful pattern. And now I think it's time to do something about it because life is really, really short and really unpredictable. So I think that it has really shaken my foundation in that way. And actually, I think in some ways the other thing is, is like, I don't, you know, people stress at work and I'm like, why are you dying? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you. This doesn't happen. And so I think it does make you go, I know what matters and I know what doesn't matter. And I, although it didn't happen straight away, I think it has given me this ability to go, I want so much more for myself and because, you know, there's no guarantee anywhere for anyone that life is going to be this long, I owe it to myself to give myself the best chance in life and to be as happy and comfortable as I can be. Yeah. I mean, that's that's stunning and, and that's a beautiful example of, of post-traumatic growth. You know, you use the example of, of people climbing Everest or creating charities, or they're just being an expectation on people that they've, because they've gone through something difficult, they need to find the silver lining. And that's the shadow side to post-traumatic growth is that some people can feel pressured to somehow, you know, do something crazy or amazing. What I would say is that post-traumatic growth occurs often naturally anyway. Um, when the research shows that more people have post-traumatic growth than PTSD. So it's it's actually quite common for post-traumatic growth to occur in people. And post-traumatic growth can occur alongside PTSD as well, so that we can continue to really suffer and struggle through the event, but we can also at the same time acknowledge that there's been areas of growth. The kind of image that I would use when you say, like, how does growth occur? Is that, say, if we use the image of a house, and that house is your life pre the trauma. And then an earthquake comes along. And depending on how big that earthquake is, depends on how much of that house is going to be destroyed. But say there's a really big earthquake and the house is completely destroyed, then you have a decision around how you want to rebuild that house. So in post-traumatic growth, we would say people that experience growth decide at that point they want to rebuild differently. They want to build a bigger, better house that's that suits their life post this event with resiliency it's kind of interesting because the research shows that people that have high resiliency and go through a trauma don't necessarily have that house damaged as much because they're quite a resilient person anyway so there's indications that resilient people don't experience as much growth as people that may be less resilient and, and have a real shattering of their core belief system 
And that's kind of the, the important thing to understand is that it's not the trauma that causes the growth. It's our thinking and decisions that happen post the trauma. So the trauma is always a catalyst for change. Any trauma will be. And the decision is what kind of change will occur. It's really interesting because as you've been talking, I was thinking about my own life. And I guess this is a little bit of a personal example. So today I put in some pretty big boundaries with my parents, which mm. if anyone has boomer parents, they will understand that this is, you know, <laughs> not easy. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I feel like sometimes those things are your Everest. I love what you had said before, where you get that opportunity to go, how do I want my life to look? I don't want to look it to look in this way, in the way that it's really being highlighted. And I feel like cancer is a, yeah, it is a really brutal way to be shown what is not working in your life. But it's that's certainly what happened for me. And I feel lucky in a way that I had the ability or I had whatever it is inside to go you know I have a choice now of how I I want to do life but it's yeah I think those those moments of growth aren't necessarily what we think they might be a hundred percent yeah that's exactly right yeah and and that's why talking about post-traumatic growth I think is so important is that you know I like to use the term of like where are the green shoots like where in your life are you just noticing the tiniest little bits of growth? Um, and actually like that is worth celebrating. Those are really big wins, like the conversations that you've been having. And yeah, at the time, we don't recognize that necessarily as post-traumatic growth, but certainly I would take that in, and say that is a great step in your growth journey. And I think that's a, a really important example because for many people, it is about, okay, how do I redraw the lines of my life, particularly this question of what am I okay with and what am I not okay with? Who's going to be in my circle and who's kind of not going to be? And so those types of rumination is really key to, to growth. Is you, know, you need to spend a lot of time thinking hard about your life and the changes you want to make, which is a difficult process, but really key. And I think it takes longer than I guess you think it will, because I mean, I'm five years post-diagnosis mm. and it has taken a long time to really yeah that research <laughs> thinking about how do I want things to look but so I think that's a really good point of thinking you know you do now have the ability and the um, opportunity to think about what is working what isn't working who do I want in my life what do yeah. I want to achieve? And I know for people like myself and other people I've met over the past few years who had cancer young. And so the things that you thought would happen in life are no longer happening. And so not only have you gone through this experience, but you're also not living life like your peers. And so it's kind of weird to be, you know, a woman in her early forties that doesn't have children and isn't married and so there's no template for it going, okay, so what's the, what are the significant things that I want to achieve if it's not going to be a family? You know, and you, you said about that process of like, how do we kind of, how do we move towards growth? And what you're talking about is that kind of that grieving that needs to take place for what we call ambiguous losses. They're losses that are really hard to name because they're things that you didn't have in the first place, but they were all the possibilities of what you thought your life could be. 
and all the different pathways that you thought might be open to you. And then all of a sudden this thing comes along and it's like, okay, there's all the stuff that like I can't quite put my finger on, but it's like I'll never have those things again. And ambiguous losses are, are hard to describe, but are very important that we grieve them well. And so when it comes to facilitating growth, it's really important that you don't do it alone. Growth, as I said, will naturally likely occur. It's really helpful if you can have the opportunity to sit down with a trained professional, like a therapist, and focus in these areas and talk about these things. I think particularly, though, beyond that, there's this great term that the the people that created post-traumatic growth or that gave it the name, they call them expert companions. And expert companions are just everyday people that are just with you for the long haul, that are just there to stick with you through thick and thin. And they are often the people that help to create the growth. And I was just thinking as we, we sort of wrap up, because I, you know, it's such a, it is such a meaty topic and I feel like there's so many avenues to go down. And I think about if there's people listening who, I mean, you know, they're struggling or they're trying to make sense of what's happened. What's one step people could take to make a positive change or to step into a path of healing? Big question. I would say if you're sitting there and you're thinking, gosh, no good can come from this. How could this ever be seen as a positive thing in my life? I would say that it's really important that you, as you said earlier, you actually don't try and go around that pain, but you go through it. What I mean by that is that you don't try and fast forward this process. Start searching for little moments of meaning where can you sort of sprinkle meaning in your life where can you find meaning maybe you find meaning in putting your kids to bed at night or taking your dog for a walk or lighting a candle often when i talk to people who have gone through very very horrific things they say that it began with sort of just noticing and trying to find a little bit of meaning so i have a client who has gone through sort of unspeakable trauma and for them it's singing you know it's life is still really hard but they will they will sing and that's just the beginnings of trying to find ways in which you can see that there is still parts of life that are worth living yeah i really like that i think it's it can be really difficult but that does seem to be a common thing with a few people i've spoken to about you know, how did they get through? It's just those little things. Like I had a cup of tea outside and it was beautiful. So yeah, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your insights. If people want to work with you, where can we find you? If you want to reach out, you can email me at hello at tommylivingston.co.nz or just visit my website, tommylivingston.co.nz and would love to to talk to people if, they, if they're interested in post-traumatic growth or have a few questions then feel free to touch base. I have a private practice where I run in Wellington, but also do some work online as well. So my encouragement would be to just, if you're in the middle of a very, very tricky situation, please don't do it alone. You know, Whether it's about post-traumatic growth or not, it's actually the most important thing is you don't journey through something traumatic by yourself. So community is key and I just encourage you to to reach out and find some like-minded people. Yeah, that's great advice. 